Hello and welcome to the Georgia Tech Catholic Center podcast. I'm Father Branson Hip. I'm the chaplain here at Georgia Tech. This is Father John Klein. I'm one of the spiritual directors here on campus. And my name is Madeline Zuniga. I serve as the development coordinator for the Catholic Center. Today we wanted to talk about and introduce uh, the book that we're proposing specifically to read for Advent, and it's this beautiful little book called He Leadeth Me by Father Walter Chizek, American Jesuit. I encountered this book like actually when I was in seminary and just very briefly like it's kind of what we would call a spiritual autobiography of Father Walter Chizek when he's a Jesuit priest who basically was a secret like clandestine missionary in the Soviet Union in Russia Uh, and he actually was there and was actually captured and was in prison and like the labor camps and all kinds of things for 20 plus years. And uh, I wanted to hear like you guys' experience of encountering this book. I, I read it when I was in seminary, but I was like really struck and knocked, and have been since like rereading it recently, and have just been like really struck and knocked down by the deep darkness that this man lived, of like a bunch of things, but like kind of of watching like when he was in Eastern Poland, like when the Soviets came in and occupied Eastern Poland, like watching like the church kind of like fall apart in some ways. Um, his experience in prison and like the isolation and the difficulty of it, uh, his like struggles with his own faith, like the labor camps, like the faith of the people when he was out of the labor camps, the darkness of man and like with himself, all of these like different things. And I've been thinking about this book a lot in light of quarantine and light of like the, like the messiness of like life in the church right now and churches not always being open, but I found it to be a particularly relevant book. But specifically for like this man himself, Father Walter, like he's very honest, but I think he has this like beautiful heart and like love for Christ. And even though like it's a really dark book, it's a profoundly hopeful book. And I felt like it would be really relevant and useful to read right now going home, like being with our families, but also Advent within like this specific season of 2020. But I wanted to hear like, you guys' experiences of how you guys encountered this book and like what kind of initially struck you or what you think about it right now or how it's been helpful. Yeah, this is um, one of my favorite books, I was telling Father Branson, and uh, it is a spiritual treasure. So if you haven't read a book in a long time, maybe that's not a problem here at Georgia Tech, but uh, this book, definitely get this book. It is full of um, tremendous power um, and spiritual wisdom, and it's just an adventure. It's a man... um, a broken man, but a man seeking with a lot of passion God in his life and his adventure to, to do his best to surrender to the, and discover the will of God. I, I came across it. I did a retreat in the seminary and um, I found this book in the library and I, I, would, uh, I started to read it and I just couldn't put it down. When you get a good book, it, uh, you, you just can't let it go. And I would read chapters over and over and underline and, and scribble in it because it was like a book written for me in that moment. And um, what I really like is really, it boils down to the title. The uh, The book is about He Leadeth Me. If you've ever had like a doubt, is God out there? Is God leading me? Does my life um, have a purpose? It do, it seems confusing what um, what is happening in my life right now. Um, I'm, I'm knocked out of my rhythm and um, and so it's, it's his discovery that the Lord is present to him, that the Lord knows him and that the Lord leads him. 
and he has to walk a lot of times through dark places, through difficult places, through through doubt, through um, insecurity. But um, little by little, he 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 um, reinf- um, reignites or reinflames this faith in us that the Lord is is works for good in every moment and everything we do is is dripping with God's grace and has tremendous meaning. If we just allow ourselves to be led by him, we'll discover this great adventure and a very fruitful adventure as his life in the end, though a lot of suffering was tremendously fruitful and inspiring. I also want to make note of the title of this book, He Leadeth Me, because God has certainly led all of us experiencing this time of quarantine pandemic in a very unique and profound way, the way that he's leading each of us and what he's calling us to in this unprecedented time. But I encountered this book actually right as quarantine was beginning. At the time I was living with my parents and I encountered a lot of struggle to face God's will for my life within my family life. I was very uh, taken back by kind of being suspended in everything that I wanted to do or everything that I thought I was going to do. Um, and then being grappling with all of these decisions um, for my life in terms of like what God was calling me to do and how he was calling me to respond to the people that mean the most to me. And I encountered a very desolate, dark place within my um, within my heart during that time, and it was very confusing. And so when a friend of mine recommended this book, at first I thought, oh, it's just, you know, a war prisoner. I've read those stories before. I had no idea who Father uh, Walter Chizek was. And then I started reading and quickly realized that this isn't a book about a war prisoner. This is a book about... Um, what God does with um, (laughs) our own hearts. We are all prisoners and slaves to sin and like how he leads us in these unique times. Like Father said, it's a powerhouse book. You feel like you're going on a treasure hunt because there's a lot to be discovered on the journey. And if you do pick it up, which I hope you do, um, I hope that you also pick up a journal (laughs) and pray with what you read because you will find that you will need to pause and slowly digest a lot of these themes because they are, they have to do with the inner workings of our souls. Yeah, I always have this image, very very often it's like prejudice, like a real prejudice towards religious books where it's going to be like flowery and like everybody, you know, everything is, they're just like going to do the will of God and like strong arm it and it'll be fine and like my life isn't like that and I get really frustrated. And that's one of the things I'm so moved by in this book is like the humanity of Father Walter Chizek and how honest he is and how much he really struggles. And he's honest about the ways that he like doesn't live up to it and messes up. And yet like you see like the immensity of like this heart that is like loved by God and and loves God. So how about um, Father John, just maybe say a brief, a few like few words about like the man himself, like Father Walter Chizek and his life and kind of like place him like where he is in this book. Yeah, so he is from Pennsylvania, Shenandoah, Pennsylvania. He was born there to a Catholic family. He was um, a hard-headed, you could say a stubborn kid. And, um, you know, he loved to say his opinion. He's very opinionated. 
And as one of his, he had a, a favorite saint, Saint Stanislaus, who was um, a Slavic saint who, at a very young age, felt a call from God. And his parents were very much against it, but this saint was able to um, uh, persevere in his vocation, entered the Jesuits. And um, so it got, at a very young age, Walter began thinking about the priesthood. He eventually entered a minor high school seminary and then um, entered the Jesuits. Um, and after hearing a, a letter from the Pope at the time calling for all seminarians who felt a call to uh, sneak into communist Russia and minister to the needs of the people despite uh, it be, being highly dangerous, he felt a call to that that uh, that mission and he began to train, studied in Rome at a seminary called the, the Rusikum um, and learned the, um, the Slavic languages, learned a bit of Russian and Polish and then eventually he became a pastor in Poland um, with the intention of when the border opened to communist Russia to sneak in. And so he has this moment where he feels um, the church is closed, a little bit of chaos as Poland is kind of um, in a chaotic time and he sneaks in undercover into Russia as a lumberjack. And it's there that um, he begins to work and he begins to kind of be a secret undercover priest um, with this desire to seek out the souls there in Russia that most need that most need God. He feels God is leading him there to the lost or to the abandoned or the suffering sheep. He's eventually arrested. He, he spends four years, four to five years in solitary confinement in a KGVB, KGVB prison downtown um, Russia and um, solitary confinement, regular interrogations to break him, uh, make him confess he's a Vatican spy, although he's totally not. And then after that, he spends something like 16 years in hard labor camps in Siberia doing mundane, um, kind of backbreaking work and freezing cold wasteland. And then eventually he is released. He spends some time ministering um, as a free man to some people in Russia before he um, goes back to New York. He's exchanged for two Russian spies, goes back and um, to New York where he's able to write this beautiful autobiography and share just um, maybe a lot of really common experiences that we all have. But he, he lives such an extreme example of that. I think that his life teaches us, some helps us to reflect on some of these core truths in our, um, in our own lives in such a, a deep and meaningful way, so. Yeah, he's actually up for canonization. He died in 1989 around there, but he's yeah. actually up for canonization and he's in the beatification process. He's yeah. a servant of God right now. And there's a lot of people really pushing for his canonization. So um, this is like the experience of like a very honest, like raw experience of like a potential saint. Um, but maybe, maybe like just to share a couple words, like hearing like that whole thing of like maybe a specific point or part that really stuck out to you or like has yeah. been really meaningful to you in this time yeah definitely and um it's funny how the truths of holiness they're when we discover them more deeply they just end up being really simple things like god loves me and god really does lead me in my life god really does have a plan and i think one of the the key insights that christ gives us is uh, in the garden of gethsemane where he says father your will and not mine be done. And I think the whole uh, book, Walter Chiswick is learning to do the will of God. And he's learning what that means. 
And he goes in there, you know, kind of with his own vision of what he thinks he wants to do. He wants to sneak in there. He wants to um, outsmart the communists. He wants to take the faith into the most communist and um, atheistic country and, you know, win lots of converts. And, and little by little, he gets in there and he realizes it's incredibly hard. These people have been um, under constant atheistic propaganda for years. He's banging his head against the wall. He he eventually tells some of his prison mates that he's a priest, and he thinks <laughs> he thinks they're gonna love him more, but they actually hate him more. And it's this like cycle of confusion. I came to minister to people, and now I'm in solitary confinement. Um, just like frustration, frustration, frustration. And then the only things he can do are these like simple mundane tasks. And uh, little by little throughout the whole book, he's discovering what does God want from me? Where has he led me and what is his will? And um, one part of the book, or many parts of the book, he unpacks that, the will of God being the present moment in front of you. The will of God being what happens to you. God knows everything. So everything that happens to you happens for a reason and a purpose. So when you live your life with this like living, luminous faith, you can discover God in the, the conversations that you have, in the sufferings that you're going through, in your loneliness, in your difficulty to pray. Um, everything, when you know that God has ordained everything and that God leads you, you, you begin to, to uh, let go of your own idea of what your future is going to be like. And you begin to say, Lord, what is your will? I want to look for what you want and how you want it to be done. And so in the prison camps, instead of, uh, he has to give up this dream that he has of just being the the macho evangelist and instead to say, Lord, if you just want me to suffer and offer my sufferings up and have just little conversations with people, then, th then that's your will and you somehow are planting many mustard seeds that are going to grow. And so I really like that idea of, the, of seeking the will of God. And I think a prayer for us as we go into this Christmas break really needs to, when we kneel down to pray, we need to say, Lord, what do you want from me this Christmas break? What is your will for my life? Um, and a lot of times it's going to be something really simple, like spend time with your mom. It's going to be um, spend a lot of time with your, your siblings. It's going to be maybe read a book that nourishes your soul and rejuvenates your faith. Um, it's not going to be something, um, you know, huge, but the will of God is right in front of you. It's those little opportunities, and we begin to see God behind them. Um, we begin, um, we begin to, um, we begin to live with much more meaning and purpose, with much more peace and joy instead of anxiety and fear. So that's what, that discovery. I think reading this book is going to help you a lot to discover God's will in your life, and that's a, a critical. Um, lesson I think that Walter begins to learn and that Christ ultimately teaches us. I love that this is a book that we may be called to read during Advent because in Advent you know you're preparing your heart and how do you prepare your heart <laughs> for Jesus? There are so many different ways to do that. You can quickly become overwhelmed by the amount of resources, the goodness yeah. that you can reap from the harvest. And I ultimately think, and obviously through reading this book, I realized God God is very simple. Um, he loves simplicity. He especially loves when we simplify our hearts or simplify like what we do in our day. So in solitary confinement, Walter was 
met with many opportunities to respond to God's call in simple ways. He only had very few choices to work with in his day. And he chose to notice, to become aware of God, to give thanks and to serve. And obviously he did that through a lot of prayer and willpower and the grace of God. But in many ways, I think God is calling us to do the same. When we go home, when we're with people we love, when loving people is really hard, we are also called to be still and to notice, to give thanks and to serve. It is quoted in this book, Walter says, it is in choosing to serve God, to do his will, that man achieves his highest and fullest freedom. And I think that by simplifying our lives and attending to and, you know, posturing our hearts to the will of God in the simple ways, he can really work through our littleness, you know, our humility to, to love him the way we are called to love. What is God calling me to do today? It could literally be to acknowledge him and to acknowledge him in other people also. So I hope that everyone reads this, even most especially when they're home and when it's hard to be home and when you are encountered with um, the very real reality of what love is supposed to look like and what love is calling us to do in the way that God wants us to respond, you know? Yeah, there's a specific moment in the book that I think about a lot of when he's in solitary confinement in, I believe, Lubyanka. And he's in solitary confinement, and he is, uh, like, really, he's kind of figured out in, like, a good way that he needs an orarium for his day, otherwise he'll go crazy. And so, like, praying at different times of the day and really kind of describes that. But one of the things he's doing is he's praying for the people around him, his captors, and he's also praying for more food, like really praying for more food because he's starving. But there's a moment where he's, and he's like begging the Lord and basically being like, why won't you answer me? And he talks about, and really honestly begging the Lord and praying, He just, the Lord reveals to him his own selfishness. And talking about that, like he's praying for these other people, actually not out of love for them, but like praying that their hearts will be changed so that they'll bring him more food or so that they'll understand that this is a mistake and he's not a Vatican spy and they'll release him. And so actually his prayers for them are not when he's really honest with himself or when the Lord really reveals it. It's actually not out of love for the other person, but it's actually that so that things will be better for him. And he just like the Lord reveals this like rooted selfishness, even when he thinks that he's loving. And so then he begins to change in the sense of genuinely praying for the other person, for his captors, not in reference to them, to himself, so that his circumstances will be better, but that so that they will like know that they are loved and that they will know who the Lord is. And in that, he actually discovers peace. But I thought that that part was, for me, like very helpful and very crucial of like very often when we're stuck in things and we're like, Lord, like, why won't you just change this? There's a point that we're missing, and it's the Lord actually desires to reveal something about us. And honestly, like very often he's trying to like root out an attachment to sin that's not good. And I remember very distinctly this one moment in my life of uh, 
being very frustrated with this one person and like the effect that they were having in the church and basically praying and being like, Lord, like, why are you like allowing them to do damage? And the Lord said like very clear to me, he was like, the problem is, is that you don't love them. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you're yeah. right. You know, and it, like, it was true. Like I saw them as a problem and I, I wasn't like, I didn't love them. Yeah. And things began to change when I really was like, please help me to like really love them. Not try to like change them so they do less damage or they don't just frustrate me or do things that irritate me, but like, please help me to like really love them and reference to them. And so this thing of the difficulty in prayer actually, or the difficulty in our circumstances being something that is revelatory, that reveals something about who God is and who we are, is really crucial and like really shines in this book. Yeah, I, I definitely think the, that um, when you pray, things change. When you have faith, um, your perspective flips from man, from our point of view to God's point of view. And I think a lot of times, uh, I remember Father Walter's frustration, like when he's in prison, he's first arrested, his first experience being closed in, and he tells his fellow prisoners he's a priest, and they start to like um, just rail on him. And he, he receives a grace, but one of the graces is he begins to see his life from God's perspective and that he actually has a chance to um, be like Christ. That's an opportunity for him to suffer like Christ suffered, to be rejected like Christ was rejected, to love more purely. So I think one thing is um, when we begin to pray, and that's really crucial that when we go home this Advent that we, we pray, we really strengthen our prayer life because then we'll see God's will we'll see the mundane differently. Um, we'll be able to see our family life differently in all its frustrating elements and all its beautiful elements. Um, but yeah, I really like that, the orarium, um, which is like a prayer schedule. So if you don't have a prayer schedule, you really need to get a prayer schedule, especially going home and you know not having this, the, the school schedule so, you know, even if you think of the Angelus, Angelus is at six in the morning, at noon, and at six at night. It's like a morning and midday and a night. I got to have prayer moments in those moments when I wake up that I have my spiritual book, which can be the He Leadeth Me. You can read a chapter of that and pray with it every morning. Then at midday that I pause, I say the Angelus, I try to recall what, um, what God um, spoke to me in my prayer. And then I, before I go to bed, I do like a little... Um, I collect the good moments of my day and I collect the difficult moments of my day and I, I do what Walter Chiswick does in his book, which is take my experience, what, what happened to me that day, whether it was beautiful or what troubling, and I pick through it and I say, God, where were you? What are you doing? Um, where, where's your will in all this? And give me the faith to see it uh, when it's something tough to receive it and to, to be able to see the lesson and to be able to embrace that lesson instead of reject it. So that um, prayer, I think, is like incredibly important if we're really going to see from God's perspective and have this same adventure that Christ had, you know. Yeah, and along with that, I think a part of prayer scheduling that is important is to make sure that we um, respond to the call to be still. And before we even read a chapter of the book or engage in um, a particular prayer, something that has helped me is to almost kind of dive into like the Catholic mindfulness of making sure I am present to the moment. And in order to be present, I just kind of 
find silence. I make sure that I'm not moving or wrestling with anything. And I, I call to mind, like, how exactly am I feeling in this moment? And then inviting God into that space before I even begin to communicate with him. It's like, all right, I need to be in a place where I can communicate. Yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, it's a beautiful book. So check it out. Um, be sure to read it during this time. Uh, it's really worth it, especially I think I think this is like this and like the other proposal of like going through the scripture throughout Advent is going to be like really helpful to entering into like the joy and like the poverty of Christmas Day, like the smallness with which Christ like reveals himself to us is his little baby in a feeding trough is like paralleled to like the smallness with which like he reaches us like in our circumstances, like small but immense. So uh, check out check out this book, He Leadeth Me. And uh, when you do read it, uh, let us know and like share with your insights. We'd love to have like a follow-up conversation about like what struck you, uh, what has like moved in your heart through like sitting with the experience of like Father Father Walter Chizek's relationship with Christ. So yeah, and um, a little we could all use a little human motivation to do things, you know. So if you read this book and you don't like it, I'll buy you a frosted lemonade from Chick Fil A, right? And if you do read this book, you know, come and and let me know, and maybe uh, we can over. I'll buy you a frosted lemonade, and we can talk about it. <laughs> For the record, Father. that was Father John Klein talking, not you know, I, Father Branson Hip. Yes, you know, <laughs> Chick Fil A motivates all good things. So there you have it. Read this book, get a free frosted lemonade, <laughs> and time with Father John Klein. <laughs> Yeah, behind, yeah, but uh, this book has done a lot for me, and um, you you will not waste uh, any moments uh, of your time when you read it. So have a happy Advent, and uh, may God bless all of you. Thank you for listening to the Georgia Tech Catholic Center podcast. God bless, guys. God bless you. You know, whenever I, I run out of financial funding, I just call uh, this good woman in my life named my mother. And she always understands. Thank you cards go to Mama Klein. <laughs> <laughs>